Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a special Monday night episode of the Shipe Sports Talk Show. I am your host, Matthew Shipe, joined always by my co-host, producer Paul. How's it going? Good. How are you doing today? All right, man. Joining across from me, David, the coach Shipe, as always. How's everybody? Hoping they're all doing good. And to my left, as always, Brad Lefty Cameron. Good evening, sports fans. Shipe, thanks for having me on the show. No problem. And we have a big uh, show lineup for you today on this special Monday. We are going to go over the Redskins' second preseason game. We're going to talk to some RG3 and about the little concussion he suffered last Thursday as we broke live on the air. So hopefully you were watching last Thursday as we broke that live. That was pretty something special, I think. Yeah. I mean, people were probably watching the show and then just like, boom, RG3's hurt. Hey, we're on it. Yep. Um, we're also going to be bringing back our This Day in Sports History, which will be uh, brought to you today by Coach, who will have his history for the day. Uh, we'll be debuting another new segment, NFL-related. And we will be discussing the Nationals, who, you know, they've won the past two series. they got to keep it going. But, of course, the Mets kept on winning. So we'll have to see what happens there. But let's get right into it. Let's jump into the Redskins preseason game against the Lions. And the big news from this game was the injury to RG3. He suffered a minor concussion, more maybe probably like a head ding since he was back on Sunday doing 11-on-11. So wasn't too bad. He passed, he passed all the... Medicals, so I mean, you know, the things going out there, he never had a concussion, but obviously, you know, he probably did, but it was probably just like a dizziness or probably couldn't remember what day it was or what drive or how many sets he's been hit so far. I mean, he had a bad game. I mean, he was hit eight times. I mean, that's just the offensive line. You see, without Trent Williams, it took a big, big, that's a big loss. And if he doesn't, if he's not healthy this season, they're going to be in trouble. I think the one highlight bright spot for the Redskins so far this preseason has been Matt Jones. He had another great day. I mean, he had six carries for 44 yards, the one touchdown. He's been averaging over five yards per carry, I believe, in both games, Brad. Yeah. You got um, also Williams, the rookie from Texas A.M., with 10 carries for 52 yards. Kirk Cousins, once again, played really well, 8 for 12 for 91 yards for one touchdown. Colt McCoy, 5 for 6, 80 yards for one touchdown. So the backups are doing their jobs. Obviously, they're playing against other number twos and number one, number threes, excuse me. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Garcon had one catch. Um, they kept out. Uh, Kerrigan was out. Williams was out. Gillette still out. Deshaun Jackson was still out. So a couple of their stars still out. Will Compton still hasn't seen the field for some reason. I uh, They said it today. I'll have to look it up. The other side, Detroit looked pretty good. Stafford was six for eight for 78 yards. So he did a pretty good job. We got to see the guy. The rest did a pretty good job holding um, Amadula, but he only had two carries for 70 yards. So they really didn't use him that much in the game. I don't believe Calvin played. Did Calvin play at all? I don't uh, remember I don't, seeing him. I don't think so. I think they kept him out. They usually would keep him out. So overall, the Redskins' defense did pretty good. They held them. They held the number ones. Uh, I think Detroit's number ones only got them ten points. So it's not bad for that kind of offense. So Brad, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, obviously there's still a bunch of nerves. You know, everyone's still kind of shaky. And on that play, the RG three got got hurt. You know, the pocket was breaking down. He looked to run and like skipped the ball off his knee or skipped it off one of the lineman's legs, uh, went diving after it and got landed on. It's just, you know, it's just not smooth. It's still not flowing yet. And I think we need more and more pieces to come back. You know, having Deshaun Jackson back, I think will help in terms of going through progressions for RG3. 
Obviously, the absence of Trent Williams hurt us a little bit in terms of giving RG3 time. But one one bright side we can look at is that we're still running the ball well. And one thing I said that we need to get back to this season was being able to run the ball efficiently to take pressure off RG3. And you talk about Matt Jones being a spark, and you talk about Alf, who's still running well. Both of them were very, very good. Uh, so in terms of, of highlights, I like the fact that we're able to run the ball because I think that will help uh, our passing game significantly if we can you know, really start consistently getting the ball moving on the ground. Uh, but you know, I'd like to see us get healthy. Uh, you know, we're, we're still have, have some injuries that, that, that we need to come back from, and we need to really see our full lineup and our full roster before we can you know, really start panicking or, or, or making assumptions. But what I like from, uh, from the skin so far is the running game by far. Coach, what were your thoughts on the game? Well, I, you know, looking at the stuff, I, you know, like I look up front and I look at with Shreff and uh, Moses over there. They, they still, you know, have to, they're still improving. They're young rookies. Moses, second year man. And uh, if they get them going and then you get Trent Williams back on, on the left side, uh, I, I believe that RG won't be running around so much back there. Now, the other thing is, you always look for a, a somebody that you want to be able to check down to with the loss of their tight ends. That puts pressure on like your check down. A lot of times you'll check down to the tight end. He's either coming to the seam or across the middle. Now, if you don't have that, which you don't have confidence in who's running your tight end, that puts that's a lot of pressure on you because now you're looking at just a couple receivers and there's no, you know, check down guy for you. So that you know I, that that may have pertained to some of the, you know, sacks and whatever. You know, you're looking for a checkdown guy, but defensively, I still waiting for Gillette to come in because I think people are still waiting for that Gillette Kerrigan combo off the edge there. So uh, you know, if that gets in, and hopefully that'll they'll get those two, and maybe that combo will be able to play against the Ravens. I mean, we you know get that together. I think secondary is playing a little better than. Uh, what it has in the past and sure. it's, it's going to improve. So, you know, there's some things to, to, to work on, grow on. And with that, you'll you get some improvements. They'll, they'll get it figured out. Well, speaking of the tight end situation, the rest did acquire a new tight end this week. Uh, Derek Carrier from the San Francisco, I believe for fourth or fifth round pick. It was one of those picks. Fifth, yeah. Uh, he's only had five career games last year. He's a third year man. So he really hasn't had much playing time, but hopefully it gives him some depth and maybe he can, Sparked something as we saw when Delaney Walker left from under Vernon Davis shadows. He really got into his zone as a Titan, which really I loved. So tooting your own horn there, aren't you, buddy? I am tooting my own horn. Okay, but hopefully Carrier can follow in what Walker did, and when he left under Vernon Davis shadow, he blooms into his own. So we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, sure. So um, let's go. Let's go with the RG three injury. Um, today we had um, today there was a, an anonymous NFL head coach. As always, they always keep their names out because they don't want to get themselves in trouble. They said. Gruden was wrong for putting RG3 back out there with all the hits he was taking. And, you know, you can say yes and no to that, but I think in Gruden's mind, yeah, RG3 was taking hits, but he they had, a, like he mentioned during the show that day, they didn't have any kind of offense. They didn't pass, I don't think, the 40 through the first, like, three drives. So he had to get something going to get his confidence there. And, I mean, if you don't put him back out there, it's almost like, you know, you're not moving the ball. Let's put someone else out there. So it's like RG3, I think, mentally, he's still not there. If his confidence he gets taken out, I think it affects him a lot. So... Yes and no, you know, he's getting beat up a lot, but as in yes, as in he needed to get some game time. And they've already said he's probably going to start on 
Saturday, and he's going against a very good Ravens defense that no matter who they lose or not what. Not if you ask the Eagles. Huh? I said not if you ask the Eagles. What? Because the Eagles shredded their defense yeah. the other day. So are they really a very good Ravens defense? If you ask the well, Eagles, they'd say no. But okay, no, I hear you. But but what I'm saying is every year somehow they find a way to have a good defense. Of course, yeah, they'll it's put a preseason. A good, a good season in it and uh, yeah. everyone will so, come together. If you go, if you trot him out there again, starting on Saturday, and he keeps on getting banged up, and he's getting hit the f- seven times in the first quarter, do you play all three quarters like mostly what starters do in the third preseason game, or do you yank him out after the halftime? I and mean, wh- what do you do during that, Brad? Well, honestly, in my opinion, if you know, you don't wait until the regular season to find out if you're healthy. You know, you you have to be able to take hits and, and be okay in the preseason and in, you know, a little bit in training camp. If, you know, if you're a wide receiver or, or if you're a running back, I know quarterbacks don't get hit, but you know, the only way, if if you know, if you're healthy and ready to go is if you're able to take shots, you know, eventually in the season, you are going to get hit. And so like this guy who's commenting, say, Oh, you you shouldn't put him back in. Well, well, why not? Are we just going to bench him after the first quarter in the regular season? Oh, he's taking a lot of hits. We better bench him because we need him for next week. So just take a loss now. It makes no sense. In my opinion, if you want to find out if you're ready to go now, if you're healthy now, put him out there. You know, what are you saving him for? If he says he's good to go, he's good to go. And like you just comment, we come back to it again, is this offensive line they thought with Sheriff was going to be a lot better. And it's, I mean, even without, even with Williams in there, the first preseason the game, he was going to hit. It still looks the same. It's still the same offensive line. I mean, Sheriff, they brought him for a tackle. They moved him to guard because I guess they thought Moses looked better. Or it's just, it's like no matter what they do, this offensive line just can't. It just can't get going. And sure, but I didn't think they were going to click in in just two games. Yeah, you know, yeah. G- give them about six regular yeah. season games to maybe settle in. But you're right. In terms of like the first eye test, they're not passing it at all. But give them a little bit of time, in my opinion. Well, so, what you do, what you do with moving Shreff down to the inside now? What, what they're trying to make is him comfortable. So if he's sitting out there at that you know right tackle, hey, there ain't no outside of him. There's nobody. Mm-mm. Okay, unless what you do is you take a tight end and sit it there, but you can't sit the tight end there the whole game. That's, you know, into a game plan. But I think he said when he moved inside, he was felt a little more comfortable because there was somebody to his right. Okay, so and, and I, that might have been why they made the move. Uh, you know, there's no reason that he doesn't move back out. Not now, but eventually it's it's which it's I don't know. Get confidence. Okay, you, you have to get a rhythm somewhere, all right? And that, that's what they have to get with, with the offense. There, there hasn't been a rhythm first two weeks. You know, the rhythm comes in with, the, you know, with Cousins or McCoy, but like I say, they're going against the second team and guys that, for the other teams that need to make the team. So, you know, RG is going to have to go at least, you know, to halftime. All right, and then if you know Gruden wants a rhythm, he, he, you know, he's a perfectionist in what he does. That's why they brought him to Washington. I mean, if he, he he's got to get on board with his receivers. Okay, I mean, he hasn't had that much time with Deshaun Jackson. I mean, mm-hmm. he didn't play last week, and that could contribute to him getting hit a few times. The other receivers run the routes were not where they were supposed to be. A lot of them are, are, are routes where I'm throwing to a spot. You better be there. And if you're not there, instead it just throw it out of bounds if not possible in the middle of the field. But he's taking hits. I, I agree with you, Coach, but we have seen indecision with him before, even when these receivers were on the field. So like I, I hear what you're saying, but at the same time, I'm like, you know, what, what you know, 
when is he going to just start pulling the trigger and and even if they don't catch it, you know, throw the ball where it's supposed to go. Like on every play, you need to deliver the ball where it's supposed to go. Uh, you know, no, no matter what the consequences, if the defense make a good play on the ball, the defense makes a good play on the ball. But this is the way the play is, is yeah. set up. Run the play. Mm-hmm. Well, here's the thing: is you get the run game going like what they've been doing, then you can run the bootlegs with him where he oh, gets to do sure. out, which what yeah. they were doing with McCoy and Cousins, where Jones was getting the run game going. And you saw them run the bootleg with them, and people were like, "Well, why didn't they do the RG three? Well, the first three series of RG three, they didn't really move the ball, so it wasn't an option to do because people were, you know, I mean, when you're third and seven, third and eight, you're going to have to pass, so no one's going to believe you're going to run the ball like that. Yeah. So if you can get the run game going with Morrison, bring in Jones. Get the bootleg going. There you go. You're in his element. You're in what he needs to do. And that's what they need to establish as a run game. And that's the one thing that's been looking good for Sheriff and Moses is that their run blocking is amazing. I mean, they're working good over there. They're sure. pushing the linebacks. Yeah. It's good. A lot of people, the reason a lot of people so far have been saying something about Sheriff is I'm hearing all the people talk about from hard knots. It's like, oh, well, he got pushed back. Well, he also got pushed back from J.J. Watt. I mean, how can you judge? Even J.J. Watt said, see, he's a rookie. It doesn't count. I mean, how can you judge something off of hard knots when he's a rookie against J.J. Watt? That's not fair to him. But the bright spot is their run their run offensive line has been amazing, and they're getting it going. So you get the run game going. You can run the bootleg, the play action for RG3, and there you go. You're in his element from when he can spread out where he's going to run. The one play that I saw, everyone kept on posting pictures up online. I don't know if you saw it on my Facebook, was he had the pass he brought back, and he had three receivers. Yes, granted it was a third and 15 or something. But he had three open receivers at least five yards, five to seven yards away from him. And he got hit that play. But instead of getting hit, you know, just take the check down, get what you can get, get in better position for punting. Don't look downfield first. You know, you have to look down. But if you don't see it, just get one of the check off shot. Yeah, you may not be a first down, but you're getting better position for a punt. You know, that way you're not mm-hmm. backing up all the way, you know, to 10 yard line punt. Instead of that, maybe you're punting from the 25 or the 30. Yeah, you can still maintain field position. Yeah. By doing something like that, like you're saying, instead of taking a sack where then, you know, then if you shank a punt, they've completely reversed field position. So, yeah, I, I hear you completely. I mean, you look at the play, three of them are right there, wide open, right in front of him. It just seems like he's not doing his check down progressions right. Like he's looking downfield and it's like, that's not open. I have nothing like look in front of you, man. You got, I mean, Deshaun, yeah, he's down the field, but Garcon's a very cheeky guy and going across the middle of the field and he can make plays. Yeah, true. Yeah. And that's, what they brought cra- the ball. that's what they brought Crowder for, for those little slant routes across the middle. You don't see him. Throw it to him. His speed, let him make something. Let him try to get the edge or something. Yeah, there's definitely still some kinks we need to work out. Yeah. We'll have to, you know, all this stuff is good. We'll have to stay tuned and kind of kind of see if any of this changes come uh, come this weekend. If, you know, if RG3 can go through his progressions a little bit better, you know, make smarter decisions, be a little bit more accurate when when running these plays and, and get rid of the ball so he doesn't take shots. Well, his workouts this week, from what you hear, have, have gone well. You know, Gruden has been pleased with that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, may, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes you look back as a coach and say, hey, you need a wake-up call somewhere. So maybe the game Thursday night with the hit was, let's just hope and say that could have been a wake-up call. Okay. You know? I'm optimistic. Yeah. Maybe he's realizing, look, I mean, his body's not, he's losing about every time he gets a hit, he's losing a couple games off his career. And it's getting his career's getting shorter and shorter. So maybe he needs to start realizing, look, I need to get the ball quick. Just maybe. I don't know if you can actually measure that stat. Well, you but. can't. But <laughs> I mean, torn ACL already. I mean, a broken ankle. I mean, how much more can your legs take? Even with the advanced dislocated, medicine. not broken, dislocated. dislocated. Yeah. And everyone's like, you know, well, AP came back from his. Well, AP's a freak. He is a freak, and he had a year off. Give yeah. RG three a year off, and I guarantee he'll look lively again mm-hmm. without getting concussed and. 
and whatever the case may be throughout whatever happens to the regular season, hopefully nothing else. Did you see C-Dog's comment? Well, yeah, I mean, he'd have more than two seconds, you know, second or, you know, look for the third read, but you got to know where those reads are at. I mean, before, I mean, you know every play in the playbook, you don't see it. Look down real quick to try to get away. You, you, try, you have to try to avoid the hit somehow. Throw it out of bounds, get rid of it. Something to avoid the hit. I mean, that's what the problem is. He's he's holding. It's like he doesn't want to throw it away. I think, I think this comes from last year to where Gruden put in his head, Kirk Cousins' head, Colt McCoy. They all have in their head if they make a mistake, if they try to throw away the interception or something, they're going to be pulled out. And I think that's what problem comes comes to last year to where you saw where Cousins, you know, he had the interceptions quickly pulled. RG three was doing bad, pulled him. Colt McCoy pulled. I mean, he was pulling his quarterbacks too. I think quick, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that, but I felt like it almost felt they had a feel. You know, if I make, if I throw an interception, am I done for the day? I mean, what do you feel about that? Okay, I agree with you, but this isn't this isn't uh, like little kids league. Well, I know this is the NFL. This is your job. I'm paying you to, throw to go out there, lead this team, and I'm gonna I'm gonna design plays. And and if you run the play the way I say, and something bad happens, then then okay, but if you're gonna try and improvise and you're gonna do stuff on your own and you think you you think you know better than me, you will be on the bench. So, like, I, you know, I hear you, Shipe, but what it comes down to is, you know, do your job. Even if you don't do it that well, if you still like, you know, if you're still doing it and and you're you're doing it the way the coaches want to see you do it, they'll reward you with more opportunities because, in their minds, this will be the way that we can succeed. So if you stick to the way we can succeed. I will keep you in there. If you're going to deviate from that plan, sure, I'll throw you on the bench in a second. The next guy is willing to do what I'm, what I say. I have a question for you. Can you, uh, I have two, two questions. Can you coach, what would be better coaching interceptions from Kirk Cousins to make him the starters? Obviously his problem is interceptions. Is the easier coach interception problem or RG three's read problem? What do you think would be easier to do? If you're a coach, coach the interceptions out of Kirk Cousins or coach RG three and trying to learn how to, slide, make better decisions in the pocket? I would say possibly the interceptions. I mean, that's a tough one, but I would say the interceptions because that is simply a a, a lack of knowing what the smart play is. Like, you know, if you're throwing interceptions into tight coverage, that that's, you know, that's a bad decision, and that's a risky play that can be avoided. You know, and sometimes Cousins made throws where it was directly to, like, defenders, and, you know, and it was just like, you know, what, what were you what were you possibly thinking? Uh, you know that that can be changed with tape. RG 3s instincts, you know, his instinctual way he plays the game is hard to manipulate at this level. He's got away with it in high school, in college, and he got away with it a little bit his first year in the NFL. So some of these instinctual things that RG three does are going to be hard to break. But you know, Cousins just looking at at tape, saying, "Hey, look, next time we run this play, if you have to move out." This is not the right decision to make. You know, you throw it out, throw it out of play, or this, you know, running back's gonna be rolling off right here. You can hit a little, little, little check down, little dump off right here instead of trying to force a, you know, 10, 15 yard, you know, pass while you're rolling left. You know, I think that's easier to correct than instincts that RG3 has had success with over uh, his career. All right. What about you, coach? Who do you, what do you think is better to coach out of someone? To, well, from, from my experience, one leads to the other. Okay, but by not looking at your checkdowns or whatever, and not just throwing the ball up, interceptions happen. It, it basically it all gets down, and uh, you know I've I've had this problem when some of the teams I coach are looking at a quarterback and 
he throws there, and we go, wait a minute, he's over here. Why'd you throw over there? And you get to look, I don't know. What, what, what? He's, he's running an eight. Why did you throw a nine? It's like, I, you know, and, and I, that, I think I play some time in the professional. You know, a lot of the routes are, are like, you know, you run, you run a seven, eight, and nine, and he's going to throw it because he's looking seven, eight, and nine. Okay. So now if you come off a route and he's not seeing it because the, the eight's covered, if the free safety's sitting in the middle, and that's where you're throwing it. Well, it's called read the free and read the strong. Where are they at? Know when you come up to the line where they're at, what your routes are. Okay? And, you know, and the, the biggest thing is, you know, execution. It, it, you have to get the execution down or you're – you're not gonna you're not gonna win. Execution, execution. It's you know, it's it's a major part of the game. And and I think that may be, you know, they're professionals. I hate, you know, downgrade them. Hell, they're getting all the money and everything, and they they but sometimes it happens. They they either, you know, are, are not looking properly or they think, man, wait a minute, he should be running at six. Well, he's not running the six, he switches to a five. You have to see that. You know, there's going to be. And, you know, if RG or any quarterback starts scrambling out of the pocket, then all of a sudden they you have put in is your scramble routes. Now, are the receivers doing a scramble route for him? Or are they running at eight and staying at the eight and not scrambling and turning it into a seven? You know, they, 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 you got to look at both, you know? And I'm sure they're professionals. They should, they should have this in. But – you know, RG starts stepping up the pocket and goes left to right, then you got to look for a scramble route, which should be in. Okay? And, you know, I've seen sometimes where they'll run the routes and they're just sitting there and there's RG running around and getting his ass kicked. You know? It's, it's it's you know, I just think that the, the progression of the routes and, and throwing interceptions plays into the same thing. You know, you, you have to get them out of both. One leads to the next. It's funny. Are you reading? Uh, we have the, we're blessed with the Robert Griffin Griffin the Third in the chat room today. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, don't know I, guess he's, I guess his head must be fine. He can type and stuff. Oh, he is. He yeah. said. Uh, he said. Does anyone want to come out and try to do my job for the day? A lot of critics uh, who sit on the couch game day. It's easy. Sorry, it's easy to call from there, huh? No one's hating on you three. We're just trying to figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you bring up the scramble routes. You know what team does the best scramble Seattle. routes? No, I wasn't going to say Seattle. I was going to say um, Rosseberger and his little guys where he just knows just a, when he's got a scramble, he knows Brown or Wallace when he was there just trying to go down the field. Well, he just, he just points. Just it. He always just points. And points they do it. Goes. But it's yeah, smart, though. I mean, you got to admit it works for him. Them it's, and Seattle do the best yeah. in terms of like when yeah. the pocket breaks out and the quarterback's just kind of I mean, plays over. When Wallace was there and now Brown, Brown. they look back when they see him scramble out. They're like, all right, cool. Let me just go yeah, down the field. It. Let me just let him just chug it mm-hmm. to me. And they're there. All right. We're going to shift gears real quick and go to some other um, NFL preseason games. I want to start with another rookie. Well, actually two rookies that looked pretty good on this team was the Jets. First off, Bryce Petty. 12 for 19, 168 yards, one touchdown. He's going to be the backup with Geno Smith out. Fitzpatrick 
three for 19 for 118. So not looking too bad for a replacement. Marshall, four receptions for 62 yards. So, I mean, you know, not to go on Geno Smith, and he wasn't really the best since he's come to lead. Maybe with Fitzpatrick, maybe a better passing game could be there. But the big guy from the Jets that's looking scary good for their defense is Williams. Mm-hmm. From the yes. USC, the first round. Yeah, he's looking. He's looking aggressive. One point five sets this game. Three tackles for a loss. I mean, he's looking scary good. And that defense was already good to begin with. Yeah. And it. Now, have they said anything about what's going on with Richardson? If he's going to get suspended, or is he even there yet? Or is I don't still think just, the league or the Jets have made a decision of, of how they want to kind of approach that situation as of right now. Okay. Well, we got to look. Keep on looking for that. On the other side, you know, Matt Ryan, four for five, seventy-five yards, one touchdown. So he's still looking. Strong. He's only had one completion the whole preseason. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then the other team that looked really good this past weekend has been the Eagles, who just beat up on the Ravens, forty to seventeen. I mean, their first team offense, twenty four points. I mean, what, what more can you ask for? I mean, Murray had a running touchdown. Ryan Matthews. I mean, they're going to have, a, they're going to have a deadly combination in the backfield there with those, those two, including Sproles, the rookie wide receiver. Again, four receptions, forty nine yards. I mean, still just. Their defense looks improved now with everything they've gotten with Matt Swell. Well, both the uh, defensive backs they got from Seattle, Thurman right. and Maxwell, both had picks in the last game. So. I know, so it's looking pretty good. And Flacco, three for seven for 23 yards, did not not look good at all. I mean, four set, five carries for 29 yards, really their only bright spot there. Their defense looked bad. But like I said earlier before the show, their defense always finds a way to show up and do good during the season. Like I said, they're always they're a December football team. No matter what, they always sneak sneak. They always find a way to sneak in the playoffs, which has always been there how they are. Yeah. So we'll have to keep on that. How long has been Fl- Flacco been in the game now? Five, five years. Five, five years. years? Right. Okay. One Super Bowl. Uh, another news around the NFL is wide receiver for Green Bay Jordy Nelson is done for the year with the Torsi at Tor. ACL, so that's a big loss for the Packers, which means their their number two guys are gonna have to step up in terms of Randall Cobb is now gonna be the new number one there. Um, Rogers is gonna have to step up there. Not Aaron Rodgers, I'm talking about uh, the wide receiver Rogers, Adams. So could the offense be in trouble? We don't know for sure. We'll have to wait and find out what happens the third preseason game when all the starters play for three quarters and see how it goes. But that's that's a huge loss, and now this this team is really going to rely on Eddie Lacy now to maybe carry this offense. Yeah, yeah, they that you know, it's it's hard when you have such an all-star uh pro bowler and Aaron Rodgers to really, you know, get the ball out of his hands and and kind of in the hands of Eddie Lacy, especially when it comes down to crunch time, but you know, Eddie Lacy has proven that he's a playmaker in this league. You know, you saw him in the playoffs, he was running just as hard as beast mode. You know, it, it was it was fun to watch and and uh you know, it was aggressive. And so, yeah, maybe he deserves a little bit, you know, a little bit more load on his shoulders. I know he can handle it. He's a big boy. Uh, so, yeah, this this could be his time to to step up to the plate a little bit more uh, with the absence of Jory Nelson and uh, and really that, that kind of deep threat that that Green Bay has in Jordy and Rodgers. A little reminder, we will be going to break momentarily right once we're done with the preseason show. I'm just giving Paul the heads up so he knows. <laughs> Got to go in there, Paul? Yeah, thanks. That's why, that's why I didn't want to say we're going to break now with you not being ready. Uh, I think the ugly oh. game of the weekend was the Cowboys and 49ers. I mean, it was Cowboys only scored six, 49ers only scored 23, but they scored 23 points on only 205 yards. I mean, it was just an ugly all-around game looking at all the stars. I mean, Kaepernick, two for five for 13 yards. 
Romo one for one for negative one yards. I mean, Randall had seven carries for 30 yards. I mean, it was just a ugly, ugly game to watch. Not very pretty. No, it wasn't. I, I think a lot of concern, which you heard about a day or two leading up to it, was was the field out there. I mean, these guys, from what understanding, that field is in terrible, terrible. Looks good from up to stop, but to play on it, you know, everybody, it's in terrible condition. And I don't know how an NFL field like that can, can get that bad, but you you saw on a couple plays, I saw some highlights where, uh, I don't know if it was Romo or one of them threw out the backfield and the back turns to take one step and he's, you know, grass goes, he's tackled by the grass, you know? So you got that going out underneath of you. That, that pay, plays a lot. You know, up up top there in the head. Do I step this way? Do I do I do something, or does does the knee go or whatever? So I think with the scoring way it was, and you don't want to get anybody really really hurt in bad field conditions. I would say that, that may have pay, played a little bit into what happened during the game. Well, you know, it's a bad day when Romo's one for one for negative one yards still right. had the best QB rating for the Dallas Cowboys. That's when you know it's a bad day. <laughs> where you be one for one for negative one yard and still have the best QB rating for your team. Yeah, they don't have much uh, behind them, do they? <laughs> uh, another rookie that I'm looking at, obviously, is um, Mariota, who looked very sharp last night. He looked better than his first preseason game. No turnovers. Made one very nice play on the run where uh, he had a scramble out the pocket, went back, went towards the sidelines, and found his tight end wide open down the field. So, like you said, they run the scramble plays, and he found someone wide open. Uh, our defense looked really on point. Um, Nick Foles is, I think, second or third pass of the game was a pitch sits. I mean, our he, defense, my defense. Our, sorry, my defense. Like sorry. Just, I mean, the Titans' defense. defense looked okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Appreciate that, Paul. <laughs> so Titans' defense looked pretty good. Foles threw a pitch sits first series, and um, one of the things that we had trouble with last year, the Titans did was their rushing. And Sankey, you know, had six carries for 45 yards, so he looked a lot better this year with this uh, improved offensive line. Mm-hmm. Our defense is very improved. The other rookie, Green Beckham, had four receptions for 40 yards. Um, Mentenberger is looking really sharp during the preseason, seven for nine for 91 yards. So, I mean, I think it was Chris Morrison of ESPN that said the Titans may have the best, two best young quarterbacks in the league on their roster in terms of second-year man, Mentenberger, and first-year Mariota. We'll see how that goes. But on the other side, Foles just, I mean, Three for seven for 18 yards. I mean, that says it all right there. Just did not look comfortable at all. I mean, it just just looked ugly for Foles, and I don't know if it's maybe it's a different system. Maybe he doesn't have the same weapon. He obviously doesn't have the same weapons he had in Philly, so we're going to have to look at that very carefully to see if Foles even finishes the season with the as a starter there with the backups. They have Casey Keenum look pretty good, and Anthony Davis is always good, so we'll have to look into that. Yeah. So we'll have to look at that. So are you ready for break? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, we're going to go to break, cut back. We're going to come back with our sports history of the day segment and then debut our new segment, so stay tuned. Hey, this is Paul from the Shipe Sports Talk podcast. Just wanted to let you know how you could listen to our podcast while you're on the go using an app called Stitcher. You can listen anytime, anywhere using the award-winning free Stitcher app. Best part is, when you stream our podcast or any of the other 20,000 available out there, there's no downloading, no syncing, or no wasted memory. It's on demand and on the go. So if you don't already have the Stitcher app on your iPhone, Android phone, or tablet, download it free today at stitcher.com or from your app store. 
Add us to your favorites list, and every week when we put out our new episode, Stitcher will automatically update and have the latest episode of the Shipe Sports Talk podcast waiting for you. While you're there, it really helps us get our podcast noticed if you give us a nice review, rating, and thumbs up. We'll greatly appreciate it. Have a comment or question? Easy. Go to shipesportstalk.com, click on the Contact Us tab, and there you'll be able to submit your questions or comments. We love hearing from you, so we'll be sure to thank you live on the air. You'll also find on shipesportstalk.com the latest episodes, show notes, and other ways to find us on platforms like iTunes and YouTube. Now, back to the show. All right, and we're back to Shipe Sports Talk Show. And right now, I'm going to hand it over to David, the coach, Shipe, who will be doing our day in sports history. So, Coach, take it over. Okay, uh, today in sports history, uh, Pete Rose was banned from baseball by the commissioner for gambling on major league games and games that he played and managed in. So Life. that was a big thing in today. Lifetime ban. Lifetime ban. Still can't get in the Hall of Fame. But I did like what they do for the All-Star Game this year. They did give him a little thing yeah, for him in did. Cincinnati. But yeah. I, the thing was about that was he was betting on his he was betting on his team to win. It's not like he was blowing games on purpose or betting them on the lose. He was betting for them to win. I don't see I mean, I see a problem with you betting if your team's gonna lose just so because you can say that you're costing your but betting on win. I mean, he thought he had the best team at baseball. I mean, what the hell? But I think I, I think the band should be over with. This guy deserves a Hall of Fame. Without a doubt, he deserves it. And the sad part is he may not see it in his lifetime. Uh-uh. And that's, he'll never and that's, see it. that's horrible. They need a commissioner that goes in there and says, you know what? It's done and over with. Let me put him in. We're putting steroid guys in. Let's put Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, do you think he deserves it? I think he definitely deserves it. There's no doubt about it. He's, uh, he's one of the greatest baseball players, one of the best hitters. Uh, th- this guy deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's that pl- yeah. plain and simple. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what so wait, they are putting people who have been caught with steroids and stuff like that. Well, in? I mean, they're they're starting to receive a little bit more and more votes now because I think they're starting to the voters starting to realize you know you're in a steroid era. It's almost like who didn't use steroids is what we're almost getting to now. Instead yeah. of you being like a first ballot, they make you wait after a couple you know after a couple times being on the ballot to get into the Hall of Fame. They're making these steroid right. guys wait even though they they deserve it because the numbers are there. Okay. Just kind of like a little penalty that says like, hey, look, you know, we're, we're not going to put you in right away. Yeah. Sure, you, you deserve it. But he it. should, I mean, Pete Rose should be in there before they should. Yeah, he should have he, been, he sh- he been a first ballot a Hall of Famer but, if he didn't get banned for this. But see, it goes back to, what was it, night, was, I could be wrong on this day, but the 1912 White Sox, about, uh, that's when they played a nine-game World Series. And they were paid off to blow it. You know, they, they most of them, you know, I think it was about seven or eight received money to to blow the series. And that was because, you know, you're not, at that point, you're not getting a whole lot of money. So, you know, three, five hundred dollars, man, it looks pretty good just to blow the game. Yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah. Right there, sure. And they were pretty obvious about it, too. Oh. I mean, if you ever watch that movie, uh, the Eight Men Out, that's about the 1912 Chicago White Sox. Mm. And I believe they were serious was against the Cincinnati Reds. Wow. <laughs> All right, so now it's time to debut our new segment, and this new segment is called Beasts of the East. What this segment is about is we're going to run through real quick, rapid fire, five minutes, if that, of every team's top stories in the NFC East. We're going to cover the NFC East, your opponents for the Redskins, their division opponents. So the new segment is called Beasts of the East. We're going to start right now. Uh, first with the Giants. Uh, the main thing is Jason, Jason Pierre-Paul, man, you know, blew up his fingers during the uh, 
fireworks since then, had him cut off, still has not shown himself up at training camp. They thought he would have been there by now, maybe just even maybe working out maybe a little bit, but he hasn't shown himself up. Also, uh, Eli Manning is demanding top money. He thinks he deserves to be paid more than Aaron Rodgers for some reason. He went on record and said yeah. that. He never said that. Right. Well, he went on record and said that? Yeah. He was his agent. Well, either way, I hope he didn't say that because he doesn't. Good for his agent. That's the kind of agent <laughs> yeah. I want. He didn't say that. So that's them. Um, go ahead and chime in. Anything else for the Eagles? I mean, excuse me, the Giants. Yeah, I think with an already depleted secondary, they just lost one of their draft yeah. picks, uh, one of their defensive backs uh, for, for the year, the torn ACL. So, yep. uh, you know, they're, they're going to be in a division where they got to go up against Sean Jackson. They got to go up against Des Bryant, and they're going to have to go up against Sam Bradford and the, the high-flying Eagles. Uh, I hope you can come and play. Uh, you know, just I think this is a hard, hard hit for them uh, because they're going to need to be able to have players who can stop some of uh, some of these big flying wide receivers. Yeah, I, I you know, I was looking at the Giants and I, I saw some things. They, uh, the, the, the tight end they have, Randall, they, they expect big things out of him because that's going to help Eli down the shooting outside. And the biggest thing is, you know, when and if Jason Pierre Paul shows up, how effective is he going to be? You know, because nobody's seen him or talked to him. So that's a big question for him. Did they replace him or is he going to come back? All right, now we'll go to the Cowboys. And my thing is the backfield. I think Randall had I me. Mean, he had he played this week, but I think he had a little tweak injury, a little minor one. You have McFadden. So it's like, who's going to get the most time there? Who's going to get split time? McFadden came out and said that they're going to split times. But we'll have to see about that. Romo's health. You know, obviously he's always, you know, sometimes he gets a little injury during the year. So... That'll be a major thing to look out for if he can stay healthy. So chime in on the Cowboys. Well, this ties into kind of what you're saying, Shaib. Yeah, I think their their biggest concern right now is their backfield. They have not been able to run the ball anywhere near at the level they were able to run it last year with DeMarco Murray. So the thing I'm I'm considering is when is this going to become the, the Tony Romo show? You know, when are they going to bail on the run game because it's not going to be working? It looks like it's not very, very good at all. And when is he going to blow it for the Cowboys like he always does when they lean on him really heavy? Uh, you know, when is he going to blow it? So for right now, uh, I think if they don't get that run game going, mm-hmm. it's going to be the Tony Romo show, and we all know how that one ends. Yeah, I was just looking at some things that, you know, on on the defensive, Randy Gregory continues to impress people at the Dallas camp. Uh, now, with, with talking about Romo, Beasley returns from his Achilles injury, so that that'll give him a little – help out there and uh yeah the biggest thing is running game is Darren McFadden can he stay healthy uh, if he stays healthy I think it might improve but he gets healthy you know gets some uh little pep in his step and gets confidence you know running behind that offensive line I think it'll be okay and of course Des Bryant's going to be Des Bryant yeah you know and uh you know Romo has to stay healthy they have to keep him healthy if this can come together I think that they may give Philly a run in the East. All right. And the last team for the beats of the East segment will be the Philadelphia Eagles. And uh, my thing for them is, is their running back with um, Murray. What? I'm just, I'm looking down my list here. Whatever. You know, you Go have ahead. like seven bullets. So <laughs> Murray, Matthews and Sproles, how well they're going to work together, how they're going to use them each one. So we'll have to look into that. And you all go ahead and say yours. Uh, I'll go ahead. I, I just think it's incredible. Um, you know, they continue to get rid of some of their top players and they they can pull guys right into a system and and it, and it works you know they're still dropping 40 points still scoring 35 points like it's nothing you know they're making it look so easy 
Uh, and, and that goes for every single line they put in there, whether it's first stringers, you know, even though Bradford didn't have a, a great game, they put in Sanchez and Sanchez was was tearing Baltimore up just as bad. It, it's just from the top down. Looks like everyone's in. Looks like the Eagles are all in. And if they need, you know, they need to sub someone out. The next guy is ready to go. You know, they just they've looked very crisp. I, I think they've looked like the best team so far in the preseason uh, and it just uh, it's it's a credit to Chip Kelly and that and you know and that whole organization they have going right now. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you but here here's the thing that was a concern for the Eagles. Okay, was their secondary. You know, last year their secondary you know was given up I think they were ranked maybe 30th or 31st in the NFL. Yeah, bad. And passed. so so that has been looking pretty impressive the the first two games. So if if, if the offense can score and the secondary can continue to play well, all right, then that is going to be the denominator for, for the Phillies. Sure. I mean, for the Phillies. So I must be watching their game. Eagles. I mean, for the <laughs> Eagles. The Eagles. Oh, they're both in the same sound, so who cares? They play right across the street from each other. And that is our Beast of the East segment. We will do that every week. Go over all the top stories for the three opponents for the Redskins, just like every week we'll be doing our day in sports history. So... Welcome to the new segment, everyone. We're gonna have to make some uh, sound things, some sound bites for that. The Eagles, or just yeah, <laughs> okay. this week something interesting. Sports history or something. No, the New York football Giants. <laughs> All right, we're gonna sh- shift gears here and go right to the baseball team of your district of Columbia, which are the Washington Nationals, and they've won the past two series they've done. They took two or three from Colorado, two or three from Milwaukee, but as they win. So do the Mets, and the Mets have they just swept Colorado, which is what we should have done. They have a five game lead now, and it looks like it's going to take the Nationals probably going doing six hundred baseball the rest of the way to probably win this division. Um, you get Denard Span back tomorrow night. They're saying they're going to activate him. They called up Trey Turner, the guy, the highly touted prospect everyone's been waiting for. Excuse me, to get called up. We have him coming up. Uh, Rendon's bat's been getting going. I think he's had home runs in the past two games. Michael Taylor homered in three straight games, including a 497-foot bomb in Colorado. He went straight away center and took it over, even over the seats. Whoa, really? Four nights, the longest home run yet in Major League Baseball. Yeah, and it looked year. like he barely even hit it. <laughs> like he just, I don't know if it was the mile-high weather or he just... He just carried. I'm sure, it. that has something to do with but it. He just he, carried it. I mean, it was, my golf balls went further in Colorado. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> air's thinner. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, the bullpens looked pretty good these past series. Starting pitching, you know, kept there. The two games they lost, really, they just weren't scoring runs. I mean, I, don't, I think, except for the first Milwaukee game, Milwaukee just kind of just blew them out the water towards the end there. But they've looked pretty good the past two series, which they should because they're against horrible teams, which they'll be doing against, you know, I think they got the last place Padres, or excuse me, second to last place, and they're in front of Colorado, but not by much. And then after that, the last place Marlins. So they got to win because you look at the, Mets, I mean, they're playing Philly, but right now Philly is beating the Mets three to one. So everyone in DC, if you're a Nationals fan, you want to root for Philly. This Go Phillies! Root for Phillies <laughs> these next couple of games. Go Phillies! So what happens if they don't win the division? Anything? I mean, are they? They're out done. Of, they're out of the yep. pl- playoff contention. Yep. Might as well. Really? Just, yep. Yeah. No, no baseball here yeah. until March. Nine games, ten games uh, back. In the- yeah. No baseball. No baseball till March, which means another disappointed year in DC, which teams with high expectations just. At least with the Redskins, we know that they're not going to make the playoffs. The Nationals were expected to be World Series contenders. <laughs> That's true. That's what makes it worse. The season's not over. What? You're talking like the season's yeah. over? It's not over, but I'm saying in terms of expectations where they should be, right now they should be the best team in baseball is what everyone expected them to be. Sure, but we've seen 
crazier things happen. We've seen that the number one or even number two teams that 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 are in the in the playoffs in baseball generally have not been winning. You know? Yeah, and you know who they are? The Nationals for the two in the last three years. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm not saying just the NL. That goes for no. the AL too. They do, but you're... the AL too. It's the it, you know it's the it's, it's the fifth seed. It's the fourth seed. It, it's these teams that get hot that were maybe falling behind a little bit that need a little bit of a spark, kind of in a situation we're sitting in. Need a little bit of spark towards the end of the season. They get hot where expectations were higher for them. You know, they 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 didn't hit where they were supposed to be, but they're still here and now they're playing good ball. So, you know, let's hope that 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 becomes us this year. You know, let, let's hope that we come in and and we're kind of under the radar and everyone's kind of like knocking us, but we're playing hot and you know, we, we are that number 1 team that we were supposed to be. Well, the fact that we're flirting with 500 is really bad. I mean, we should we should not be a game over 500. We should be well over maybe 15. I mean, I, mean, I, 10, I, yeah, mean, I predicted the division was going to be wrapped up by the first week of September, so I was wrong with that. You jump on and off stuff really <laughs> yeah. quickly, though. Yeah, he does. You, what are you, you jump, talking about? You jump to conclusions really, really quick. I know, but it's just... How as far? A, as sure a fan, so you're frustrated. That's what it is. I'm frustrated. Okay, well, so okay, gather your emotions. Yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah, calm buddy. down. How far... Okay. Uh, how I mean, many games it? have been played? Or how far in the season are they? A lot, I couldn't even tell we're you. Probably like four fifths there. Probably we're 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 making the final lap turn okay. when September yeah, hits. Final, sh- final when when September stretch. hits, we're on our last lap. Okay, we're halfway done with the third. We're almost done with the third lap. We're almost and, there. And who knows if they take the series from San Diego? Okay, they got they and, got sweep San Diego. And, and I think it's a must. People may say it's not, but to sweep the Marlins, I had a little bit of trouble with the Marlins this year. Yeah. If they can sweep them, okay, and, and get a six games win streak with what they've had and and it's not impossible for them to put put together a eight nine ten twelve game win streak and that, then if if you're the Mets you're looking you're looking and say okay something's going on here now we're five and a half maybe it comes up to three and a half and go wait a minute we got to do something maybe we haven't been doing all year and that's you know get up giddy up and go and and the nationals keep you know they keep looking at him in the rear. Who well, knows? Mets may fall. Once again, when we play the Mets, if the schedule stays the same in terms of no rainouts, Scherzer will once again not see the Mets. So for a third straight series, no Scherzer against the Mets. Okay. That that, that, that is so that is so far down the road. We, we don't need to be thinking about that right now. What we yeah. need to be thinking about is San Diego and the Marlins coming and in. And then the Marlins. Well, I like our I like Forget our chance. That I like our chances to sweep San Diego because we got Straws, Scherzer, Geo. So I like our chances okay, there to sweep. Then let's focus on that. Like seriously, because if if we start getting ahead of ourselves, I, th- I feel like we've done that all year, where we like right. expected the crown and, and and just like like they were going to give it to us, and we just kept looking ahead and looking ahead and looking ahead, and not even focusing on what we're supposed to be doing right now. Right now, we need to not be worried about the mess at all. And if Scherz is going to match up, who cares? Like Matt Williams should not even be concerned with that realistically. Now it's like literally we need wins now, not when we play the Mets because it could be we could lose every game going up until that moment. We need wins now. Well, look, and they they always do the the, the pitching things a couple yeah, weeks. I, but I, but I, what's scaring me is this: I'm not worried about San Diego. I'm not worried about Miami. It's that St. Louis series that's coming up, and. We got their three best pitchers going. We got we got to face Lackey, Martinez, and Walker, and that's really the series that, other than the Mets, that's the series that scares me. Is because St. Louis is the best team in baseball right yeah. now, and we can't afford to maybe get swept by them. We can't afford. We got to at least win two. I mean, if I'll be happy with one win, but we can't avoid another sweep. I mean, right now we are struggling to stay above water, and if we need to use Scherzer 
to make sure we gasp and get another breath of air to stay alive, we have to. We can't worry about. Well, we got Scherzer against St. Louis. That oh, helps. okay. Well, yeah, well, there you go. That that's when we need to use them. And and you know what? If it comes down to it, where finally we've climbed above water and and we can you know see the surface, and here we come against the Mets, you know, we've at least clawed back. You know, we we've at least still stayed alive for this long. You know, right now we need to just focus on staying alive, and that means you know using Scherzer and and using whatever energy we have. We we, we have to do it. Like we can't we can't afford to. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, would it would it scare you at all that the that we may have to face the Harvey Degrom thing again? Sure, the Mets? that that terrifies me. But that could mean absolutely nothing if we don't put when, Scherzer and Geo and Strasburg and Zim. You know, if we don't put those guys first right now. We could lose a couple games here, and it'd be worth nothing. And then, what, what does the series with the Mets even mean if we're down? You know, if we're down seven, or even still down five, you know, w- 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 almost what does it even mean? We, we've shot ourselves out of it. Right now, we need to go on a nice little winning streak and and cross the Mets bridge when we get there. You know, in well, the good thing for us right now is the Phillies added on another run, so it's four one Philly. So let's go Phillies, and, and that's great. And we'll and we'll cheer for the people playing against the Mets along the way. Yeah, but we I'm, need to handle and, and our business. What you just said, the Phillies scored another run. Well, if the Nationals keep scoring like they have been, it doesn't matter who's pitching for them. Howard hit a bomb. Just score runs, get and, the runs, get the hits when you need them. Don't leave anybody. And, and if they continue doing that, hey, they're going to put pressure. And see how some teams, you know, just just might and melt under for the Mets. Welcome be. back, David Wright. Hit a home run his first at bat. So of welcome course. back. <laughs> just, of course, just of course. Welcome back, David Wright. I'm surprised he didn't get injured running around the bases. I wish. I mean, too soon. Okay, sorry, David. Not gonna say that. <laughs> no, we we all wish it. Well, just, just don't act like right now you're. Well, you're there's handing th- over the, the National League East to the Mets. Okay, it it it's, it seems like we're like you're just saying okay. Just give the shovel to the Nationals and start. But there's, what, are they six back, five and five, a half? Five, Okay, five is nothing. Yeah. I mean, Mets go in there, and, and they lose two out of three. We got to okay. win two out of three, though. Then we take the series. So where does that put us? Four. Three. Three. Maybe three. 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 Yeah, three. Okay, and then the next series the Mets play, let's say we sweep Miami. Mets may win, win a couple games or two. Now they're in a three-game series. Okay, that may put us... Three complete or two and a half. You know, you know what series? And you still really, got September. You know what series really comes back to me that's really going to bite us in the ass is that series against Colorado here, where Storm blew those two games in the eighth. That gave I, that grand slam. Give the grand slam, and then the night after that, where if we don't lose those and one like we should have, we're only three back. And I think that may come back to haunt us maybe a little bit. Sure. Or we hope it doesn't, but those two games could come back to bite us in the ass real big because those were two games that we should have won. Absolutely. But I mean, we just they. Hopefully, the Phillies will keep their their winning ways rolling against the Mets. But I think what I read was uh, they just skipped Harvey's start over the weekend on Sunday. Mm-hmm. So obviously, they're resting him. And this is where the Nationals should see this as a slap in the face. Is the Mets have come out and said, "All right, we're going to rest Harvey Degrom and Syndrome because we're preparing these guys for October." If you're a Nats fan, you should take that as an insult or a National player like they're not even worried about us anymore. Wouldn't you take that as an insult for your national player? Sure, but I, I would also take it as a chance to to strike. If if they're gonna get into into like cruise mode, we're still on the tack mode. If they want to cruise, that's fine. Then then we'll come out firing, and, and you can bench these guys. And when they get into the postseason, they won't be hot. Those aren't the teams that win. The teams that go into coast mode are not the teams that win. It's the teams that come into the playoffs hot and firing. Right, which is the Giants every year they've won the World Series. Yes, it has been. So if the Nationals pull that off and they're coming in hot and firing, put anybody against them. Why can't it be the Nats? I'll take them. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they do. I really want to talk postseason baseball in October again. I and want there's to. There's a good possibility we may. Yeah. I mean, I, I really thought going to this year, you know, with um, I was hoping the rest teams would be a lot better than what we've seen so far is that I would love to have all four teams in the playoffs. We haven't lost a game all season. We haven't. I'm saying preseason so far what we've seen, but I would really love to be able to, I'm sure everyone it's in D.C. too early. You're already panicking. I'm not too panicking. early. Panicking about who? <laughs> You've already given our season up. You just said, well, the Redskins look like crap. They haven't even played a single game yet. Well, so far, everyone's optimistic about them, and you even know it. I'm just saying. I, well, I, I'm I just saying you. I would love for every team in D.C. to make the playoffs just once. There's that, always one team that doesn't. That'd be nice, but I don't know any, I don't know any city that has every single major sport Make the playoffs. I can name one probably about a couple years ago. I'm sure Boston Boston, Boston had every team in the playoffs. Yeah, I know they had hockey. I know. Yeah, I think the, Celtics the Red were good. Sox may get in. And the Seas may yeah. got in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the Patriots. I want a sports course, town. like I, want, I love our sports town, but I want to be able to field championships. I want a dance right, parade. Fans, follow us. We're moving to Boston. <laughs> yeah. I want a parade. I want to be able to go down there and enjoy I a parade. Want a parade. Do we have tissues, Paul? Yeah, I know. <laughs> tissues. I mean, last year I thought it was going to be. I honestly thought the Wizards were going to make the finals if John Wall. That's what killed us. Was John Wall got hurt? Capitals just yeah. can't beat the Rangers in Game Seven ever. No, yeah, we know that. But yeah, and of course we outused Henry Lushquist. He used all his energy against us, and he got know, he pwned got by Tampa Bay. Yeah, he got torched by Tampa. God. <laughs> Man. But let's just, I mean, Denard Span, let's hope he gives a spark. But then here's my question, Denard Span, is that Michael Taylor's been so hot and Jason Worth has been, eh, do you, get, do you give Taylor some starts in left field and give Worth some rest? Or what do you do there? I mean, it sucks that you have to sit Michael Taylor with how hot he's been. I mean, how do you, I mean, what would you do with Taylor? That's a, that, that, that's a, that's a good question. That's tough. Um, you know, we got to get spam back in there because we need, you know, we need more hits. Yeah. We, we need more runners. We just need something electric. We just need speed something. Up top. Yeah. We need speed up top. You know, we got to get more position or more players in position to score runs and span does a good job stealing bases, uh, you, you know, extending hits. So we need him in the lineup, uh, you know, and, and I don't think it would hurt to give Worth a little rest because cause he, he has had a history of getting nicked up a little bit and Taylor's still playing hot. So, so sure, maybe we, we you know, we yeah. put Jason down for a little bit and, you know, let his body get healthy and bring and him back maybe, towards the end of September. And, and, you know, it's not a bad option. And but it's good, it's good to have that option in Taylor, though, off the bench. Mm-hmm. And also, like I said, you have Turner now off the bench. Sure, Turner Espinoza. Doesn't, Turner doesn't have any real. Well, let's hope to see how he does. I, I'm I have high hopes for him. Oh, okay, I'm having high hopes. And that's fine, but like this what is... I meant with Turner off the bench was he gives us speed on the base path. Oh, okay, and that's what we need. I mean, sure, are we gonna pinch run him. Maybe you I mean you could okay. use a. I mean, if okay. you need yeah. a run, like one run, and you let's say you have Ramos on, and you need quick run, put him on. Yeah. Lobatone come and finish catching. I'd be fine with that. So I think that's about going to do us for today. And we had, you know, we went over the Redskins training camp. We went over, or excuse me, preseason RG3's injury. Uh, we debuted our two new, well, our one new segment, the one from, also one from last week. You'll tune in for that every week. Uh, next week we will be discussing the Redskins' third preseason game and how RG3 did for playing for three quarters. And also all the Redskins starters. Hopefully, once again, the Nats can hopefully gain some ground. So I'm going to turn it over to Paul. Yeah, so uh, what am I going to tell them? Tell them where they can find the Shipe Sports Talk Show. Uh, you can visit us on the website, which is www.shipesportstalk.com. You can tweet us at Shipe Sports Talk. Send us emails. Let us know how we're doing. Send us your questions, comments, 
whatever you want to send in. We'd love to hear it, read it, and uh, we'll give you a shout out on air or something like that. Uh, so you can send that to shipesportstalk at gmail.com. And uh, Facebook, Shipe Sports Talk, pretty much all the media, uh, social media outlets, you can just uh, search for uh, Shipe Sports Talk and we'll show up. Oh, and uh, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, go ahead and give us a like, subscribe to the channel, uh, just so you're updated with all the new um, episodes and all that kind of stuff, new events that will be coming out. So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. All right. So thank you, everyone, for listening, for all the comments. RG3, thank you for joining us in the chat room, whoever you <laughs> are. Wanted, better. Uh, that was, that that was an honor. <laughs> thank you. For, I'm glad you're doing good. <laughs> so once again, for myself. Glad that he knows we're talking. <laughs> for myself, Paul, Brad, the coach. Uh, go Nationals, get some wins this week, go Redskins, hopefully the stars look good, and thank you for joining us, and tune in next Thursday at 7 p.m., and we will be giving updates on uh, Facebook about our live broadcast show at BWB. Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. All right. See ya. See ya.